0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking all about Premium Edition Games' latest Direct, the Embracer Group's recent purchase, Nintendo of America's contract workers, and a lot more. My name is Steve, and I am, of course, joined, as usual, by Barry. Hey, Barry, how's it going? Hey, Steve, always a pleasure. Yeah, and also, as usual, by Greg. Hey, Greg. Hey, everyone, great to be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to be talking a lot about a lot of different uh, gaming news tonight, what we've been playing, and uh, a bunch more. If you are uh, first time joining us, um, no- normally we are recording this live, and uh, we record it live pretty much every other Monday, um, on- streaming on our YouTube channel and our Twitch channel as well, so make sure you head over there. But if you've not done so, please uh, jump over to our social media. You can join us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Nintendo Fuse. and also if you've not done Done so yet we have a discord we'd love for you to join it you can find the uh the links for all those in the show notes also the youtube description as well and uh yeah we love connecting with you guys but in between shows like we said this is normally a live uh recording and we interact with our chat room the whole time through but scheduling conflicts this is going to be a pre-recorded show and uh hopefully you can still you know throw all your comments and thoughts uh about all the news stories what you've been playing and everything in the comments down below we would love to Uh, read those after the fact but uh yeah let's let's jump into this week's episode and uh kick us off greg with what you have been playing all right so this is like actually a slightly um lesser list
1: for me i had a convention i went to last week and then i will be talking about a little bit later but pretty much i dove really hardcore back into pikmin 3 deluxe um my daughter's been playing it recently. I decided, like, hey, I'll maybe I'll just try playing through it on the ultra spicy difficulty. And I actually had a lot of fun with, like, the, it being at its most challenging level. So it doesn't nearly give you as much juice from all the different fruits that you collect and everything. And I was still able to beat through the entire story mode. So, um, I actually did complete that over this last two week period. Um, and then I've also kind of dove into a little more robot named Fight, which I was trying to do before, um, the convention I'll be talking about later. So it's still just kind of playing around with the different abilities and seeing how the game works. Like I was trying Barry's tip of resetting like before I die, but it was still counting it as the death. But so I was still having fun there. Um, And then actually was just playing a bunch of the NES online. So I loaded up and played some uh, double dragon the other night. And then I also played some punch out. I've been seeing some people like do streams on TikTok, and I was like, Hey, maybe I'll just play through some of these NES games that I haven't played through in a while just feeling very nostalgic there nice. um and then still playing then still playing some fire emblem heroes it's still going strong there and there's got some uh new updates coming out in the next couple days here
0: nice nice barry how about you what have you been playing
2: uh still been doing uh, animal crossing daily stuff although i've been doing it times two since my wife didn't bring her Switch, so I've <laughs> been doing Daily Stuff times too, which has taken up a lot more time than I thought it would. Uh, I'm still doing Pokemon Unite, uh, which is interesting because I haven't really messed with it yet. I need to get uh, a headset for the Pro Controller, but they made the decision to allow voice chat in it finally, in an update.
1: Mm. So
2: I'm <laughs> now, now wondering, if I do get a headset, how fast will I be banned? <laughs> Uh, but but I thought that was interesting that they actually like have headset functions now like okay because it's a game that really does require it you know mm-hmm. communications it really helps so I'm like okay that's that's interesting you're you're listening to people. good good on you
0: yeah
2: uh, that's really it is, uh, that I've done on the Switch on the PS5 front I finished Horizon Forbidden West I was playing it last time I I got to the point where. I started doing the story, and, like, I would do the story, and then I would do all this extra bonus stuff before going on and kept doing that pattern. And then I was like, well, I've been almost everywhere. There's still plenty of stuff I should do, like side quest stuff. I realized I was in the final mission. I'm like, this is it. (laughs) Like, this is the end of the game. I'm, like, level 46, 47. The mission is, like, level 38. I'm, like, I'm overleveled. I've done so much on the skill tree. Do I really want to spend another 20, 30 hours doing all this other side... No. I'm I'm I've had it. So I went and I finished the game and I beat it and I'm happy I did it. I did not 100% it. Uh that's I did, did less in, in terms of I think it was 60 something%. Percent, uh less than I did with the first game, but I had a good time. I still it was like 40 something hours. Like it, it was not a, a short thing. Uh I recommend, but I still wish you can climb anywhere. <laughs> it's my biggest gripe with the game. Like you just can't climb like Breath of the Wild, but it is it is a fun experience. And if you like open worlds, I do recommend it. Uh, very little Final Fantasy XIV this past two weeks. I just have been way too busy, and I need to log in and and do some stuff, but I just haven't had the time. And mobile, I'm you know Mario Kart Tour is still chugging away with that doing the tournaments and still doing dragalia lost although i'm just like half-assing it at this point it's just like oh look i got stamina to spend all right just do that run it go or whatever <laughs> like i don't care anymore because it doesn't yeah. really matter they're not adding new content in the story stuff i can way over leveled so i could just do that when it comes out
0: yeah yeah i'm actually surprised you're you're still playing it i mean i don't know that's it's got to be a weird feeling you know, to know this is all going to be gone soon <laughs>
2: it's all right. so i have this for years now since it's since it started i have this thing where i do not like my stamina or my gatherings to fill up i don't like to fill it up and make sure like because if it's filled up i'm not gaining anything so it's like a psychological like oh if i spend then at least while i sleep i'm gaining back and, and while i'm doing other activities like recording a podcast i'm gaining back so it's like this thing where it's like i don't like to see it full like it, like. Triggers something in my head like no i have to spend i have to do something even though i'm running superfluous stuff at this point i'm gaining resources that i'll never use or never need uh it's one of those weird like psychological things and i'm slowly breaking away from it but it's like it's a process. It's like an addiction in a sense. Even though it's not, like, you know, abusive thing, it's just, like, that's psychological. Like, I don't want those filled up. Like, I watch videos for the game, and people are like, oh, here's the news, and I see that they're filled up on the top, and I'm like, no, what are you doing? Like, spend that stuff now. You could be gaining while you're talking about this video.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice.
1: That was the same way with, like, Fire Emblem Heroes for at least, like, the first two and a half, three years, yeah. and then I just wasn't maintainable. Like, I... Like now it's like the stamina just sits there like maxed out because a lot of the stuff they just either cut to zero or whatever or just I'm not actually gaining anything anymore because yeah basically there's like nothing to actually, there's like no resources actually to get to had mm. that I could use.
2: It's a psychological thing though I think like when you don't want to you know, don't, don't want to waste the time. Great, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly like, like oh the sand will be refilled in like six hours and two minutes like I gotta like log right back on in six hours and one minute you <laughs>
2: And like in Dragalia, when you level up, like your your actual base level, you refill your stamina and you refill your your gatherings. And I'm like, look, I'm like, trying math and like, how could I spend enough so that when I hit that level, I have at least over level so I can quickly get it under and start gaining again. Like it's it's like a stress thing. Like, oh god, I'm gonna level up, and oh, it's gonna be in the morning. Maybe I should stay up a little later so I could just do stuff before bed so I don't wake up and have a whole bar to go through. It's so weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it seems too stressful for me to it's not even the game it's like a meta thing in the game
2: <laughs> it's, it's a meta game yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow
0: well, and it's all gonna be gone soon I'll <laughs> be free I to... know <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're counting down the days in a good way now Instead, <laughs> I'll just go right back into Mario Kart 2 I'm sure <laughs>
2: well Mar- mario kart tour has instead it's like you can gain like up to 600 coins per day and there's experience you can gain i don't care about that like when i started i was like trying to cap that every day i'm like i don't care like whatever <laughs> i'll do like three races a day just to relax I'm, i'll do the daily stuff and like i'll do a few extra races i'm fine with that like i don't i don't need to cap every day
0: <laughs> That's you're letting like it
1: cap, man what's going on <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice uh i actually had a very light gaming week i thought i was gonna have a lot more uh time but um while i was traveling we just had uh we ended up striking up conversations with some random people in the the uh, airport and one guy had been like trying to like get another flight and he'd been there for days and we just got into conversation and all the stuff happened and uh yeah so i i actually didn't even get a chance to to play uh <laughs> any games while i was traveling so that really left me only to play sorrow virus which we'll be talking about in just a little bit and then uh rocket league and uh a little clash royale as well um but yeah that's all all we ended up uh ended up playing this last week so not a whole lot um but uh yeah, if, again, if you're watching this and you are uh, you haven't let us know what you're, you've been playing, we'd love to know what you've been playing as well. So uh, make sure you do let us know in the comments. Uh, Greg, you went to uh, an event uh, over this last week. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your experience there at Midwest Gaming Classic.
1: Yeah, so on um, Friday, last Friday night, um, I drove up to Milwaukee to meet some more members of the premium edition team. Like I got to finally meet like face to face with Jeff, um, who was like the main, one of the main co- co-founders behind it. Um, in addition to Sheena and Josh and um, Joe from video games monthly and grant. And we all had a lot of fun just kind of like hanging out together. So like Friday night, we just got drinks at the hotel bar and actually the people that are part of the mortal Kombat like, action sequences were all getting drinks there along with the nba uh, announcer tim so that was really cool to be so close to people doing like video game like stuff is pretty much like i was like (laughs) nerd gasming inside my head i was like what the heck i'm like next to the nba announcer guy and i'm having to then what's this he wants to click beers with me and buy me drinks and like what the heck like this is so surreal to have that happen and then saturday was basically just getting everything all set up and running the booth like i didn't have a lot of time to leave the booth because pretty much everybody else was leaving the booth and somebody had to be there which kind of felt to me and then i wasn't really speaking up to get my chance to really walk around so um it was a great time like meeting a lot of p- different people that were appraising premium edition games and People didn't hear of us. They were certainly very interested once I was giving them like this whole speech on how we were like bringing games like physically and everything and showing off our quality products like robot name fight and demons Tear and pigeon dev and everything. So I was explaining everything to dozens of people. Um saturday night there was a concert from uh kung lao who's like the actor that does it he's also in a band so then like he um went on i guess closer to like midnight which was much later than a lot of people were expecting so it was pretty much a lot of people already like turned back away because it was so late and had another day of convention ahead but we lasted about an hour or so and it was really cool to hear him like perform like live music and everything so that was again really cool and the other Mortal Guys were there in support of him, along with the NBA uh, announcer uh, Tim. So it was really cool to just be kind of talking with everybody on the Premium Edition game, Premium Edition Games team, along with these other people that, like, that they talk to a lot. But a lot of these shows, I guess, so it seems like everybody seemed to know Jeff and always wanted to like give him like high fives and fist bumps. <laughs> like he's, he was like, the most popular guy there. So, <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty cool uh, Saturday then Sunday I actually had a chance to walk around a little bit um, I did a panel with uh, John who's one of the um, developers behind the, one of the NES games that go into the classic edition we'll be talking more about during the direct but pretty much I got to do like, a live podcast like interview with him and talk to him about the his game like Body, and that was just a really fun experience just to be able to interview someone on the spot on a game I've never even heard of or never even played <laughs> and <laughs> It's got to have like my own industry talk for Midwest Gaming Classic. I think it was recorded and put on their website and everything for anyone that wants to see me um, do that like twenty twenty five minute interview. But yeah, it was a very fun time. Really cool to see tons of collection games. Um, s- some stuff was definitely way overpriced for when I actually got a chance to look around. But <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this NES game for two hundred dollars? No." <laughs> <laughs>
0: But if people are interested, they can just basically search for Midwest Gaming Classic if they want to check it out next year. Yeah, I'm-, uh, I'm glad you get the chance to to go there. And uh, unfortunately, Barry, you know, we were left out, still haven't met Greg in person yet.
2: So No, I was supposed to go, but I didn't. <laughs> you haven't met <laughs> me in person yet either. So I haven't met you. In- Wait, that, that's your fault. We- <laughs> that's your fault twice
0: yeah we can we can <laughs> we can, yeah we can share it. <laughs> 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 equal responsibility one George, one Mc all right Steve when are we hanging <laughs> out again the it's been a while but <laughs> <laughs> nice well, let's yeah, it uh, helps the family out this way so <laughs> that, is, that is true uh let's jump into our uh our game chat for this episode uh we alluded to this at the our last episode um but unfortunately there was still an embargo um but uh this episode we can actually talk about it so barry go ahead and like kick us off let us know what this game is all about and then we'll dig into our discussion uh all about sorrow virus
2: yeah, so uh, the game is The Sorrow Virus, a Faceless Short Story. Uh, it's out now on Nintendo Switch. It came out April 27th of this year, 2022, uh, published by East Asia Soft. And full disclosure, East Asia Soft did provide us the code, so thank you very much for that. This is a first person puzzle psychological horror experience. And. I'm not a big horror guy, um, but some reason I somehow get drawn into horror games sometimes. Uh, and and it was this one that the trailer looked intriguing, but I wasn't like totally sold. And to be honest, Steve's uh, like excitement for the game from the trailer kind of pulled me in. Like, oh, I'm gonna request a code for that too. And I didn't really know what I was gonna get into when I got into this. And this is it, it, pretty much the story is that they've. Develop this virus called the sorrow virus and what it allows you to do is it allows you, a person to die Go into purgatory and they can escape purgatory and come back to life and they're doing this to try and cure This guy's disease and so like, oh, the disease keep killing him. We need more time send them back to purgatory Maybe we could figure out some clues in purgatory to cure him. He comes back lets us know suffers again dies like rinse and repeat, uh so you play the role in purgatory as you go through purgatory and try and discover grits and different things going on uh in in this really it's like a fever dream kind of place, and uh Steve, I'm curious what uh what are your thoughts going into this
0: yeah um i I didn't remember actually liking this game as much it was funny because like that it it sparked you to be interested in it and uh and i forgot i was even excited about it and so i had to look into it again i was like oh okay yeah i I think i kind of remember this game and everything and uh so um I have to say I did not like it. Um, I, I am actually not a huge fan at all. Um, even though I may have expressed a lot of excitement in the very beginning, I am not a fan of this uh, for a couple different reasons. Um, one reason is, is more technical about the game itself. And then one is more the content. So I'll talk uh, content first. Um, this is a really weird weird and unsettling game and i did not i've never played a game that i that i felt so i guess unsettled in my like spirit and heart like after i played it i was i walked away going i don't know if i want to come back to this game ever again um and that was That was part of my experience. And then the other part of it was I was like physically sick as well, because there is something with the frame rate or something that just made me motion sick, like 30, 25, 30 minutes into the game. And I like, I was not feeling good afterwards. I (laughs) I went to like the other room and I told my wife and was like, I am not feeling good. This game I was playing just left me in a not good place like mentally and physically and I'm just like I am not touching it so I didn't touch it again I I've touched it like little little bits um certain things that I didn't like uh, on top of that is like if you are done like you can't you can quit the game but you have to restart when you go back to it and like well I've I'm not restarting this game. Like, I don't want to restart from the very beginning or whatever. Like, you start back from when you wake up, it goes through the whole process again. There's no saving and coming back to it, like anything like that. And I didn't like that either. So, yeah, I didn't have a good experience. What about you, Barry? (laughs) Damn.
2: (laughs) I'll stay. Uh, you know first some some first person games do actually give me motion sickness and this one didn't fully give me it it did it started i turned on the fan which usually helps it cools me off um, and i was able to get through it I did it in i don't know there might have been one sitting uh, just i had to take little breaks here or there to get dinner and stuff like that but I think i did it in all-in-one sitting uh, I'd never quit uh, but I, it was weird when i paused and it was like you could pause but time doesn't stop and I was yeah. like what? So there is a time mechanic in this game. And the time mechanic is while you're in the purgatory, you have only so much time to escape. Now, the good news is there's clocks. There's a grandfather clock. And if you click them, they create checkpoints. So if you die, you start back there. But it also resets your time. And there, there's like a specific clock that will not give a checkpoint, but it will, or it will give you a checkpoint, but it won't reset your time. And I never had a problem. At the time, I never ran out of time, not once um, so i don 't know really the best way like they give you enough time I feel to um, to figure things out, and there are puzzles uh, for me the thing is, that got me was like the changing environments, so you 'll go down this corridor and you 're like, "Oh, I just go down this corridor, and then you 'll get to the end, and it 's a dead end, and you'll be like, "What do I do?" and you turn around and, and it 's different." Behind you is all different. And it's like, whoa, okay, that's kind of trippy. And I liked that. Uh, once I figured out that was a mechanic. At first, I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And then I was like, oh, oh, wait, oh, that changed. That's new. Um, the messages uh, on the wall, like the cryptic messages, and, and there's all the notes you could find. Now, I don't know if you had this problem. Uh, I played Doct. I don't know if you played Doctor yeah. or Handheld. There's Doct, The notes were so small, like the writing was so small that I actually – and I have a big TV. I have a Mm -hmm. 75-inch TV, and the writing was so small. So what happened was I would get a note. I would take out my phone. I would zoom in and take a picture. I would then go back to the home screen to pause the game and bring up my phone and just read what the note was. Because I couldn't read it on the TV. It was just so small. And I don't know if you encountered that problem when reading the notes littered around as well. Or you were able to read them just fine.
0: Uh, Yeah. I think that that was a problem just in general. Like, things that I found, like, it just wasn't a good game experience the whole time. Like, things like, like where you're saying, like... Things were were too hard to read sometimes, or other times I'm like, I don't even get this. Like, it doesn't make sense. Why do I need to do this? Like, sometimes the game environments would change, and sometimes they wouldn't. Like, and so you had to like trigger something that wasn't so clear. And I feel like the entire, yeah, the gaming experience as a whole was very, very. I don't know. Anyway, it wasn't. It wasn't user friendly, and that's like what you're saying is just one example of of many.
2: What's funny is. I I hate jump scares and there were two that got me and I'm, you're you're playing the trailer now and both the jump scares are actually in this trailer. Um the first was really early in the game where you read a note and you turn around this dolls right there in front of mm-hmm. you. That are hanging and like that that made me jump and the other was the door you got to open I don't know if you got to it and it like shoots like there's a loud bang and it just like runs away from you mm-hmm. um yeah down a quarter and that like that bang like really got me because I'm like oh, I'm just gonna go to this door what the hell um so those that one like really made my heart jump too like mm-hmm. I was like oh my god like it was just a sudden bang I, I was I was totally complacent like ready to go but other than that I mean it, it's just an unusual experience the story is weird and there's multiple endings so i got obviously one of the endings um i feel like there's more to it um that's below the surface and it's one of those games that i feel you could dive into really deep if you want to run through it again and speed run it and figure things out um i didn't i i was content with beating it and i could not you know put that checklist like yes i beat the game um and like you, I, I have no interest in picking it up again and going back in and trying it. Uh, you know, the the unsettling creepiness didn't bother me. You know, I, don't, I don't like jump scares, uh, so those bothered me. I'm not a fan of jump scares. I'm not a fan of timed things or being like chased. Um, so I didn't like the time element, but again, it really didn't hinder me. And there was no real chasing, so uh, I was fine with that. Uh, But I do like psychological stuff. I think there's something to it. And maybe it stems from like Eternal Darkness. Uh, I loved Eternal Darkness. I loved that psychological Mm -hmm. atmosphere and and the way it played with you as well as in the game. And and I think there's something to telling a story um, that's not normal. I think there's there's something... Like we were just talking about, you know, the psychology of letting stamina run out. Like this... Our brains are so complex and so unique and so unusual that i love games that explore that they may be creepy they may may maybe you know unusual they may be wrong but it's an unusual take it's a nifty take uh the whole the whole thing about like saving children and the dolls represented the children and you had to save your soul so you had to find the doll and you're chasing the doll and the dolls running away from you and like i like that i like that there's Mm -hmm. there's something really unsettling here the story behind what happened to the parents and and the, the the arguments going on and the the, the aid trying to help and, and and all that stuff. There was a really interesting story to tell that I, I just felt it wasn't – it was told too cryptically. Mm, yeah. Like they got a little too ambitious with that. But the atmosphere I thought was very good. I liked how there were rooms that you would get to and it would be like destroyed, like a destroyed office. And then you'd like click a teleport thing and like you'd like your, it was like your brain or the guy's brain – envisioned it and it kind of like got back in the mindset of of the right mindset and we remembered it differently and now the mm. room was suddenly normal and doors that were like overgrown with grass now you know or trees can now you can go through and stuff i liked that i liked the changing environment because you weren't just going through environments you were going through environments in someone's head yeah uh, so that part i did like
0: yeah yeah i, I think i i still like as I was playing it and remembering what I, you know, initially thought when I first saw the game shown off, I think the concept is is remarkable. I think it's it's really cool to be able to get into, yeah, someone's head who's going through all that experience and all that stuff. But but yeah, I think like you said, like it, I don't know if it just wasn't pulled off well, and it was too cryptic in the story, but also too cryptic in in what you needed to do. Like, I felt like I just wandered around for way too long like I get oh, really? like that you kind of feel like like you're thrown into this but but you're also thrown into it with like very very little backstory very little like explanation of what you're supposed to do at all and so I felt like i I was just wandering around for a while and just kind of found different mm-hmm. things I found the clocks I clicked yeah I, I clicked them I didn't know what they did um and there was a lot well, of no that like, yeah, I didn't even see it. Maybe it was too small to even read. It was know. too small. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah I feel note. like. But by that point too, if by the point there I finally figured out a little bit what I was supposed to do, I was already starting to get physically sick from from just motion sickness from from playing and and at that point too, I was realizing eh, I don't know if I feel too good overall, <laughs> and I haven't had a desire to go back to it. And I think that's the that's the unfortunate thing is like I could I can get you know certain games aren't for certain people and that's fine um but like because i didn't have a good experience with the game it kept me from going back to it later like and and experiencing it again because i didn't have i haven't i didn't have a good uh game gameplay experience as well
2: yeah it's it's not a terribly long game it's only a couple hours um and, and and faster the you know second third times because you know the puzzles and you know what to do and where to go um and I know there 's like certain things to do like there 's a lock in the very first room you get into with a padlock, and you don 't have a pad like i 'm sure if you knew the the code, you can go through there and and see different things um There were some interesting uh puzzles, a lot of it involving lighting candles um one of them that was a padlock one it was you know fu- you had to guess the number and there were, there were numbers on the four corners of the room hidden. And it was a little note saying like, oh, John first ran north and then Jim went west. And then so-and-so went east. And like, like, oh, you go north and you find the number there. Okay, that's the first number of the combination. that was really cool. And there were all different ways of showing the number. It wasn't just, you know, just, here's the number five. It was, you know, maybe five things or one was a clock. And you had to guess what, like, oh, the time it was is the number. Like, cool things like that. I, there was some, some thought Put into it and definitely clever Uh, voice acting i thought was also good the music Mm -hmm. was atmospheric um i liked that the there was a lot of the audio recordings you heard and that was cool but uh i don't think i i need to even ask this question but I, i do feel i need to ask this question steve would you recommend this game? <laughs>
0: oh, hundred percent. No, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. no, I do. I, I wouldn't. Um, I, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's ambitious. I think it's, it's got a lot of promise, but, uh, for at its final state as of now. Um, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I think, uh, I think there's, there's a lot of tweaks and things they could improve upon. And, and it might convince me to, to say yes if you like that kind of thing. But right now, I wouldn't actually, um, recommend it to anybody. Which is pretty strong, but, uh, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah that,
2: that's strong, I think I think the game's rough around the edges, like you could see it was probably like a pc game ported to the switch, um, and maybe the switch doesn't perform as well, um, but it is normally fourteen ninety nine it's on sale as of the time of this recording uh, for eleven ninety nine digitally i don't think I would recommend it at that price either, um, I think four ninety nine I would recommend it if this all sounds interesting to you, if you like the idea of you know going through purgatory and seeing what someone's internal psyche is like and figuring out puzzles and you like first person adventures and and you really want to dive into the story then yes i think for f- five bucks you're you're getting your value but if not i also am gonna have to say pass
0: all right well greg did we uh we convince you to to get this game <laughs>
1: Oh your glowing review made me want to just pre-order right away on the eShop. No, I figured. <laughs> just, I figured. That was full sarcasm, but yeah. Doesn't sounds like I got lucky to dodge a
0: bullet there, but I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's uh it's, it's it's an interesting concept. Um and uh I can't remember if we we said this already, but huge thanks to uh East Asia Soft for providing those codes as as well. Um but, uh, I think that's all for our game discussion. Let's move into our news discussion for this episode. And, uh, we've got some big stuff to talk about. Uh, one of these stories, uh, is, you know, maybe, uh, a little bit, uh, tied to two of our podcast hosts here. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's jump into, uh, this week's news discussion and we'll start with premium edition games. Premium had their series four directs on may 2nd and uh showed off brand new games that are becoming physical and uh barry how about you uh run through what what those games were and what was discussed at the uh the premium edition direct
2: sure so uh we did have our direct we did premiered it live which is always a fun time and we showed off uh series four is going to contain two different titles Uh, we showed off wonderling dx which is a fantastic uh pretty much 2d puzzle platformer and uh figure like pretend like you're like a goomba and you got to stop mario and that's the, the basis of this you you are the equivalent of a goomba and you gotta you gotta fight carrot man and you have to go through each level and like goombas you know they auto walk back and forth um that's what you do you you're auto walking and you have to use that And then, you know, hitting off walls to your advantage as you get through stages. Um, You know, lots of secrets in hidden areas. And there's like a, there's an element of time where you, like flowers, you get a, you know, grab, but if you don't grab after a certain amount of time, you die. So you have to purposely sometimes leave flowers for your return trip because sometimes you have to go back through a stage. Uh, really fun, fun sta- uh, you know, level design, really great graphics. And we waited on this. We've had this for a while signed, um, but we waited for the DX update, which adds even more levels and more challenge. So we're, you're getting the full game. Uh, we also revealed that we have the Retro Edition coming out, which is going to also contain the soundtrack, an ammo pin, and a vinyl sticker uh, set. And that vinyl sticker set's like fat heads. So those will go on the inside of the case, and you can kind of make your own custom cover if you reverse it. So some fun stuff we have planned. Uh, then we also showed off another game called Rain on Your Parade, which is our second title. Rain Your Parade is a very unique uh, genre of game. Like, I'd put it with uh, Katamari Damacy untitled goose game stuff like that where you play a cloud suspended by strings and your job is literally to rain on people's parade like you you destroy different events and you you cause havoc and mayhem and it's all all on good fun and there's different objectives every level and then there's levels based on zelda and metal gear solid and like a bunch of tributes and of course, we have the retro edition there as well, which gives you even more goodies. You get the uh, more uh, vinyl cloud set, you get the enamel pin, and you get a thick cloudy coaster. Uh, on top of that, uh, at premiumeditiongames.com, if you do pre-order any version of either of these games, you will get a dog tag for each game exclusively. Uh, and so, it's fifty dollars for the standard retro or standard premiums, and and seventy for the retros. And they will go up for pre-order. May 10th till June 10th, so it's four week pre-order, so that was our series four. We also showed off something that's really, really cool, and that is our classic series, which Greg alluded to earlier, and the classic series is 10 NES aftermarket homebrew titles. So these are titles that were developed by passionate developers for the NES to run on original NES hardware and they do they 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 put out their roms they're like here's our you know our game and it's really cool they they've obviously very very passionate developers that would love to be on nintendo um but you know nintendo isn't certifying any more new nes games at this point but we are in house porting them all to the nintendo switch in one giant collection uh physically all ten games will be on the card, plus some bonus exclusive games that are going to be on the card as well that we we haven't announced, but they're there. Uh, so the games are Orbody Binder's Tale, which is something that Greg alluded to with his interview. Uh, Nessie the Robot, Space Raft, Ninja One and Two, Kubo Three, Assimilate, Jester, Era the Crow Maiden, Doodle World, and Yaya BBs Two. So all of that that's coming summer uh so we're going to have a retro edition of that as well which we have not shown off and then we teased series 5 with the game Raji an ancient epic the enhanced edition that is coming next series we just we're so proud to be able to tease that off and show that off to everybody cuz you know we've been keeping that a secret for so long and it's just great to get that off our chest and to really show it off to everybody. Uh, It's just an awesome action adventure based out of Indian culture and it's just beautiful. Uh, Other things we showed off is we showed off the Gamers for Gamers uh, variants for Series 3. Uh, Those will go up later and those again benefit the Gamers for Kids charity, 20% of each. And what we didn't show off but what we will have available on our website at the same time as Series 4 our dog tags for series one and two we're going to be selling uh super blood hockey pigeon dev games collection robot name fight demons tier dog tags with a chain for ten dollars uh, so you can start your set if you pre-ordered series three from us uh, you'll get a dog tag for each of those games and the same with series four so you can you can kind of collect your own dog tag set as well just something some little extra things we're doing but it was a it was a blast and great that we were able to show everything off
0: that's cool that's cool yeah I think the uh the things of course that I, I stood out to me of course was Raji I, I think back to the uh the time where the game was first shown off and I and I go Barry you think you can get in physical and like that'd be amazing and then here we are um you're yep, announcing it are. to actually come physical so that's that's really cool um and uh yeah I'd I'd heard of uh both Wonderling and um right on your parade before but uh but yeah it was cool to, to see you guys dig into it a little more and see both of those games um, coming and the artwork and everything sounds great. Um, I eventually, I think Rain on Your Parade might be one of those ones that I eventually will will check out and and play. Like you said, it's like you know uh, Untitled Goose Game is one of those goofy games that could be fun just to play around with here and there. Um, but yeah Greg can talk to you all about running your parade yeah <laughs> yeah greg let's let's right. let's hear it what why should people be buying these games like this year like you get to play put on on both hats as you get you and barrier you know in both worlds here um but uh what's so what's so great about these games and why should, why should people buy the physical
1: well, not only would you get like your uh, these awesome like retro editions with all our other goodies, but like this is a game that you'll then be able to have in your collection forever. So if you do get the physical copy, it will always be there on your shelf. So um that unfateful day when the Switch eShop goes away, which obviously will happen at some point in the future, um, to be determined obviously. Um yeah, you wouldn't be able to download or play these miraculous games without the physical copy. So random parade is just as you were saying with like an untitled goose game or like golf story or whatever, like it's uh, or what the golf, not golf story. Um, And it's just like really silly. And like, it's like, how can they make it just, it's just so it's just a joy to play. It puts a smile on your face to the very opening level is like a raining on a wedding, like an outdoor wedding. So it's like, you're just making it rain on to the bride and groom and all their guests and everything. And it just, there's something just so
0: satisfying. (laughs)
1: satisfying just seeing people like <laughs> getting upset with their day i mean
0: <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of uh i don't know if you guys played SimCity. i think 3000 was the first one that enter uh incorporated like uh like events that you can happen, so like a tornado or different 2000 things like have that two thousand as well, okay, so you have volcanoes yeah. and
2: stuff like that. yeah,
0: sometimes you just like, you know what, I just wanna cause havoc on on civilizations, so I'm just gonna send a volcano or send a tornado. It sounds like that you know basically is what you're doing just with with clouds and and raining on people this time,
1: yeah, and we and we, one we of the possibilities is a tornado, so you do get to like there you go. suck all the little humans <laughs> up into little funnels and do it and like once you beat the game they add some bonus missions onto the level so you can replay all the early levels using all the full range of powers that you get throughout the game so like um you have to go to a beach level and you have to like get everyone wet without using the rain ability so that's like kind of interesting there so it's like you have to kind of like swing them with the tornado like into the water as like and it's just lots of crazy fun it's nothing stressful no like time limits or anything like that you're just kind of relaxing and just having a good laugh just like getting people all wet or like striking them with lightning or snow or whatever and watching them fall it's really fun
0: nice nice
2: on top of that the game did have additional d- DLC mm-hmm. um with new modes and a bunch of stuff so that's also going to be included on the card so you're getting really the complete package for the game
0: that's cool yeah and and wonderling as well that has all the dlc too. Wonderling has everything. yeah,
2: yeah. It, it, that was wonderling was free dlc but we waited for the content to be done so the card is going to have all that content there the Rainier cool. parade is paid dlc
0: oh and it's also included nice it's included on the card nice nice well, that's really cool um yeah anything any insider information anything that you guys like would like to say from from your premium edition hat um before we move on to the next story anything that's uh the nintendo fuse audience should know about this these games at all
2: i'll let greg go first
1: um well i'm gonna be starting to gear up to be ahead of uh distribution so like if you you're a local store and wish to um hold these games in your store just send me an email at greg premium greg at premiumeditiongames.com and I can work through a distribution contract with you to get your um, games sold locally at your store.
0: Cool. And probably if you have a local store, you know, around you and you want them sold there, you know, put us put Greg in contact with them too.
2: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of distributors are excited and they're reaching out and we're we're happy to partner with all of them. But yeah, if these are the type of games where you know, not every game is for everybody, and some people may say, oh, well, this doesn't look up my alley, and you know what, I think it's worth a shot. I know Wonderling has a free demo, so uh, if you're, like, on the fence, or you're like, I don't know, like, try the demo, it's free, uh, see if see if you like it, and if you say, oh, I don't like it, then absolutely, you know, you know, support, and uh, support the developers, and, and get the game. I don't know if Rain on your parade has a demo or not, but it's just an amazing title and watch trailers uh we do have a, a stream a premium edition as a twitch uh so on this past wednesday uh we uh we streamed frank streamed for us uh, both games so you can go and rewatch that stream and you can see live you know playthrough of it or at least parts of it and we'll be streaming more of it uh on well if you're watching this live tomorrow on the 10th we'll be streaming on the uh on launch day so you know just if you're watching this live, again, tomorrow is when they go out for pre-order. Uh, that's May 10th, till June 10th. And it's open pre-order for the standard premiums. And the retros are limited to 500 each on the web page. And regardless of which version you get, if you get it from a web page, you do get the dog tags as a pre-order bonus. Uh, we also made an announcement that we are working again with Video Games Plus, which is something that people wanted for. So uh, your Canadian... Uh, listeners you can absolutely purchase there but also know that we did lower our international shipping uh significantly so you know check our site first see what's cheaper shipping and remember you get the dog tag only from us
0: nice nice well, let's move on. Uh, there's been some interesting news, um, over the last, uh, you know, week or so. Um, and, you know, there, there was a little rumors around this first, and then all of a sudden it broke through that, uh, uh, an organization called Embracer Group was making some acquisitions, uh, acquisitions, uh, not acquisitions. I don't know what that word is. Um, but acquisitions. <laughs> and, uh, they're going to be getting none other than Square Enix the majority of their Western studios IP, uh, for $300 million. Yes, that's $300 million. Um, but Embracer group is going to be acquiring all of the, that IP from their Western studios. So that includes like, uh, tomb Raider, or I guess, uh, do they already, I think they already yeah, sold tomb off yet. Yeah, no tomb, oh, Raider. tomb Raider. Um, and, uh, yeah, several other games. Um, Essentially, like, this is a, this is an organization that has purchased a lot of different gaming IP over the years it's probably something you've never heard of before but they've actually like once we started looking into it and like Matt they actually own a lot of different IP and games this is not something completely out of the blue um but yeah now now this uh embracer group is going to hold uh tomb raider deus ex um thief legacy of kane and more than 50 back catalog games from square enix holdings uh ltd um so yeah what do you guys think about this did it did it completely shock you when you heard about this and i don't know where where's this going there's a lot of news here um for sure if you haven't checked out our uh, article on nintendo fuse.com make sure you check that out if you're watching the video version we have it on screen right now um but uh yeah what do you guys think about this let's go to you first greg it's kind of a lot to like take in so it's um
1: Do they actually, are they actually going to be like publishing new games and all these franchises or are they just kind of like buying up the IP to like, just hold on, like hold them ransom kind of thing?
2: No, it's the studios too. It's not just the IP. Yeah. They bought the studios as well. So yeah, they'll be doing stuff with it.
0: Yeah. It's basically like they, Mm -hmm. there's this new umbrella company over all of them. Kind of, at least that's how I read it. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, it obviously could be a good thing for some of the franchises that like Square's not like actively do an involvement with it. Cause so I think it's been a while since we've seen like tomb Raider like games. So, um, it, I guess it could be a blessing there for those to get like some needed attention. And obviously Nintendo has like a back catalog of franchises like a uh, star tropics and F zero that haven't seen the light of day and for longest time it feels, but, um, I guess it could be interesting to see like other takes on those like franchises, but from another like another company like Embracer Group. So, I mean, it seems like it's a good idea there, but I mean, obviously, Square felt it was worth to sell off those parts. So, I don't know if there's something bigger with uh, Square like willi- willingly uh, getting rid of those franchises. But I guess we'll have to be kind of one of those things. We'll have to kind of wait and see what happens with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Barry. I know you've got uh, had some uh, you know mixed feelings about Square over the years, um, but for them to not only sell off, like we said, all those those that IP, um, all their employees, the studios, and everything—it's all coming with them for three hundred million dollars. Is this is this a good move?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Um, Square has made some questionable judgments, uh, and lately we've seen it. Marvel's Avengers uh, did not do well because it was a, a games for service. Babylon's Fall is abysmal we uh, were performing abysmally because it's a games for service. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was a great game, but it underperformed their expectations. Tomb Raider took a while to be profitable. Uh, Just Cause didn't do well. Uh, Hitman didn't do well. Like, their expectations are so lofty. They're way higher than they should be. And it's a shame because a lot of these games that they put out have been fantastic lately, you know. And I think... You know, they, they claim they want to look into blockchain and NFTs, and that's like that's the worst way to go for a game developer. Um, you're going in the wrong direction, Square. Like, don't don't go there. But three hundred million dollars is 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 pretty much highway robbery. Like to you and I, like it'd be like you know, oh three hundred. I would love to even have a million dollars, let alone three hundred million. But when you talk about these established IPs, legacy of Cain, the, the thief, you know and and you're talking three major studios and all the employees you look at activision blizzard you know it was billions of dollars and Bungie was billions and this is three studios with all these legendary ips for 300 million that's like a fire sale i'm sure they could have had a bidding war i'm sure they could have gotten it up you know like th- there's no reason yeah,
0: yeah. C- crystal
2: dynamics right now, well gone.
0: i would say didn't didn't elon musk just buy twitter for 44 billion Forty
2: (laughs) four billion. Yeah. And this is 300 million. Yeah, that's 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 not even a third of a million of a billion. I mean, like, that's ridiculous. And I know Crystal Dynamics is working on the new Perfect Dark for for Rare and Microsoft. Um, They're still doing that. They're still going to be doing that. But like, th- that's a talented team. That's a mm-hmm. talented studio. Uh, it seems like they're getting rid of all their, their Western studios. They want to focus on the East. Some people believe that they're positioning themselves to be bought out themselves. And that's what the president wants. Uh, rumor is that maybe Sony will buy them, which I think will be terrible because, you know, Sony will not share Square Enix IP. And I think I think Square Enix as a third party should be, you know, universal to go everywhere. Uh but I guess we'll see. Only time will tell what will happen. But it's it's one of those things where I don't know what they're thinking. I really, This this goes up there with the $12,000 Terra Statue they decided to announce. What are you thinking? <laughs> like, are you just purposely making, like, like? do you have a wheel of, like, the worst business decisions possible? Whatever it stops at, you just do. You know, oh, Platinum Games, do a Games for Service. Oh, cherished Final Fantasy character, 12000 Tower statue oh sell all your western studios for next to nothing like get change your wheel do some good stuff like make a new chrono game you know make a new mana game you know do put the final fantasy pixel remasters on consoles (laughs) like there's so many better things to do Mm -hmm. um this is i think this is something that I, i think the best part about the story is it brought embracer group to life I think a lot of people, myself included, had never heard of Embracer Group. And now that we see what's under their umbrella, that's ridiculous what they have. And from what I understand, they're just a firm that just buys up the stuff, lets the studios do whatever they want, doesn't police anything. And they just, as long as they're profitable, they'll let them do whatever they want, which sounds great on paper. When they've got as many properties and as many studios as they have, they, you have to look at them because that's something. They have more studios than Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo put together. And that's after all the buyouts. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a stupid big umbrella. It's huge. It's like a quarter of the, the entire gaming industry in terms of major studios is Embracer Group at this point. Yeah. And the IPs they own is disgusting. Like, it's insane.
0: Yeah. And you wonder like, are they, are they poised to do something else or are they going to just keep sitting back and basically just keep making money or are they actually going to make a bigger move at some point?
2: I I mean, I don't think Embracer Group wants to get into like the console business, if that's what you're thinking. I think they're just going to say, make whatever games you want using Mm -hmm. RIPs. And as long as it's profitable,
0: well, you can keep doing it. And once it's not profitable who knows what happens right well that's probably the biggest question right like is yeah what what will happen if they don't perform like as as embracer group wants them to if they it seems like like you said like if if they're okay Hands off, no problem. But all of a sudden, you know, they don't start performing. You know, what will happen then? Do we, we see them just kill it off altogether? Because they don't have this, this connection that these other companies did. That's, that's just a property. It's just a, a moneymaker for them. And if it's not making money, then we'll just kill off Tomb Raider. And Tomb Raider doesn't exist anymore. And you're like, wow, that's a huge thing in the gaming world to lose Tomb Raider.
2: I don't think they're going to do that. I think if anything, they would sell Tomb Raider. They mm. would want to recoup money on their investment, not kill the That's franchise. Good point.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Um, you alluded to this earlier, Barry, but I want to go ahead and make sure that we, I read this, the statement from the president of Square Enix um, said that the transa- transaction will assist the company in adapting To the changes underway in the global business entertainment by establishing a more efficient allocation of resources, which will enhance corporate value by accelerating growth in the company's core business in the digital entertainment domain. In addition, the transaction enables the launch of new businesses by moving forward with the investments in fields, including blockchain, AI, and the cloud. Uh, Greg, do you think this is a good move for uh, Square to start? Uh, investing in blockchain ai and the cloud
1: (laughs) i mean i don't know much about those but it probably doesn't seem like it's uh that good of an investment i mean we already know about like the cloud gaming stuff like with the not even brand games fully to switch and whatnot and that's kind of like a disaster area there so i mean if it can make it more like sustainable then i guess that can be a worthy investment but it I don't think we're there yet with like some of these hardware stuff that we have going on already. So I don't know. It could turn out to be something useful, but right now it doesn't seem like that's the way to go. And I don't know. Maybe they're seeing something
0: that I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that about a lot of companies when they're, they're kind of taking this investment and especially, yeah, blockchain and AI and stuff. And like, I guess AI makes a little more sense, but the blockchain stuff, I don't know. I mean, this is the company that brings us Final Fantasy and Just Cause. And like, why, why were you pivot to like Life is Strange? Like, well, the good thing is that, yeah, Just Cause, Outriders, and Life is Strange um, IPs are still in Square Enix's hands, but they also, you know, in addition to all that stuff, want to start, you know, doing blockchain stuff. I'm like, I, that's fine. It's a new endeavor. Fine. But like, why put it under the Square Enix umbrella? Like, just start a separate business and start investing in it that direction. Like, let Square keep, you know, putting out solid RPGs and stuff like that. Like, why, why shift and pivot uh, unless there's, really some problems underneath the hood that we we don't see i mean maybe that's why they sold off all this for 300 million dollars maybe maybe all that western ip was actually not in a good place at all and they're just like we got to get rid of this and recoup our losses let someone else take care of this so that we can we can keep moving on with the stuff that actually does make us money i don't know
2: yeah there's a lot that we don't know (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I mean, obviously, Nintendo did pivot in the 80s. I mean, it was more like trading cards and those like more toy company. And then they pivoted completely into video games. So it could be something that Square is trying to recognize as more like importance kind of thing, like to the company and the owners and investors. So I don't know. I mean, it could have its dividends if it does yield something like profitable. But obviously, we can't make this judgment at this time because it's. Basically just the
0: announcement of the acquisition, so. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Well, let's move on to our uh, final big story uh, of this episode. And uh, yeah, some things have been kind of getting out uh, into the public uh, about uh, Nintendo of America's contract workers specifically. So this is, if you're unfamiliar with uh, that kind of a term, um, some sometimes companies will hire people to do specific jobs um, for their company and they'll pay them sp- for that specific project or that specific job. That's a simple definition of what what a contract worker is. And Nintendo, like a lot of other companies have uh, companies or have people that, that do contract jobs for them. And uh, IGN did a huge piece on, on, All of the uh, employees are not all of them, but a good chunk of the employees. And then there's actually been some frustration started to come out. So they did this in-depth look at the experience specifically of contract workers at Nintendo of America. And a lot of them uh, have started opening up about their discontent. Um, around working for Nintendo of America specifically, uh, saying that, you know, it's not a good work environment. They basically, um, they feel like underclass citizens compared to the, uh, the primary, you know, full-time employees for Nintendo of America. Um, meanwhile, people that have worked for Nintendo of America for the most part, love their job, love everything about it. They really, um, you know the experience of working for that game company has always been really positive, um, but the contract workers have have not felt that same experience at all, and they've kind of felt like it was an us versus them. You know they're just doing this job, and I will say before before we jump into any discussion around this, I know um, just talking with other people that do contract work, I know that is not a thing that is solely Nintendo of America that is maybe just a western world um united states kind of approach to contract workers and a lot of different uh companies out there a lot of different organizations out there they they don't view contract workers as the same as as regular employees um they don't and you know the the people that are working for nintendo america they're they're saying oh yeah we don't get invited to the the company you know holiday parties and things like that and Honestly, like, like, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's not just Nintendo of America who's experienced this and the contract workers that are working for them. Um, this is, this is a thing that I think is much bigger than just them, but, um, they have started, uh, you know, Coming out and, and saying that the, the work environment's not that great. And, uh, yeah. So I'm wondering now what, what is Nintendo actually going to do about this? Are they going to take some stances? Or are they just going to say that's who we are? Um, a lot of it's around just their IP and they like, Hey, we have to keep really tight lipped. You're a contract worker. We, you want to sign the same contracts as I don't know. So there's a lot in this. If you have not checked out the, the article, head over to IGN. Um, you can read the entire article that we're scrolling on the, the screen of the video version right now. Um, but, uh, Barry, what, what do you think about all this, um, coming out recently?
2: Uh, I think it's interesting that it's all coming out now, but you know, for me, like I know what contract work is and I know that, you know, it's, you're not, uh, not full time, but I think what, what really hurts in this situation is it seems like they were promised like, Oh, you're here for contract work, but you can get full time. Mm -hmm. Like, you can do this and work hard, and we can move you to full-time. And it was like dangling that carrot. And no matter how hard they worked, um, they never got that carrot. They never were able to achieve full-time status. And it – well, I think it did happen to a few, but it was so few and far between. Mm -hmm. And they were treated worse. Like, there were strict attendance rules where, like, if you missed three days, you were fired. And like one one per one of the, the person they're talking to accounts that were one person came in, even though they were sick because they couldn't get fired, but they wound up giving the disease to everybody else because it was a viral disease. So they got the whole center sick because they, they didn't want to get fired. And like, that's terrible. Like they should be allowed to stay home and rest and at least work from home and not, not, you know, transfer disease, especially now in a, in a post COVID world, we should know how important it is to not transfer disease to other people. Um, So that's one thing. I know there was a thing where they, Nintendo did like a pride parade and like some, one of the contractors was like a gay, uh, transsexual or something like that or, and and they wanted to, uh, to go and, and do it and they they wouldn't and their boss fought for them and they were eventually able to do it but they had to like fight for the right just to march in a parade like like these are things where we should the whole company should come together I feel they touched on and I thought of Greg when they did this they touched on like Fire Emblem Heroes and the whole mobile uh the whole mobile division how it's it's like second class and like even the Fire Emblem they they have to use like fan made wikis to get information on characters like Nintendo won't even give them official information on their IP that they're working on and that that to me is just so weird like come on just just you're they're in there they have a contract right and the contract is an NDA what are you afraid of it's you know then if they go blabber then you go ahead and you you not only fire them but you can take them to court whatever you want to do but they're working for you and if they're you know they've they found workers in a good environment will work better than workers in a hostile environment or, or an environment where they don't feel appreciated that's just common sense so it saddens me that this is the case in every company you know i'm not pinning this just on nintendo it's every company uh, you know contractor workers should they be full time employees no, but they can work I feel if you 're going to say you can work towards full time absolutely let them work towards full time. One person in the interview was talking about she was doing a you know an interview to apply for full time after a certain amount of time and got a call in the middle of the interview that her sister died and had to leave immediately because of that traumatic experience and and tragedy, and she didn 't get the promotion because of that. And I'm like, you're really going to hold that over someone's head? Like, come on. Have a heart. Like, say, you know what? Let's do the interview a second time. Let's reschedule it. You have to deal with what you have to deal with. Like, be human and treat other humans as human. Like, you get more, you know, further in the world. But it's just a sad article to read.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Greg, what do you think about all this?
1: yeah i i definitely agree with like what barry i mean it is pretty disheartening to see i mean i do understand the contract work positions are normally more not treated as fairly but this seems like it's taking it a step beyond that initially because like they came and used like the cafe mario to get like food and like barry already kind of alluded to they can't take like time off or like sick time and there was other some other things where they couldn't even, like, get up, to, like, miss take a minute to go to the bathroom. I mean, this is, like, some extreme kind of stuff. Like, um, contractors are permitted to, like, work the hours and stuff, like, to get, like, the job done. Like, we have contractors at my, like, day job, and they have, like, the freedom to take up other contracts when we're not utilizing them for their hours. So it's, like, we're not, like, holding, like, preventing them from, like, using the bathroom or mm-hmm. anything ridiculous like that. So... This is, like, very, like, like, age-minded kind of stuff going on here where it's, like, you have to be at your computer all eight hours. You can't leave to get a snack, go get a drink of water, can't use the bathroom, can't take, like, times off. Like, this is just very extreme, and this situation certainly needs to be addressed. Like, they need to be treated more like human beings and not, like, just – animals or something that's like tied with a chain to ask. I
0: mean, this is absurd. Yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting and I know like IGN and other people are now wondering, you know, is, is Nintendo headquarters in Japan going to take action? Um, we, I think we've only heard of this, this sort of an issue happening specifically at Nintendo of America, um, not at the, the main headquarters. And so it could be just a, you know, um, like, like we said, like, this is not, you know, maybe this is a little bit over, um, state, you know, overdoing it and and what other companies have, how they treat their, their contract workers, maybe Nintendo of America is kind of going overboard with that, but it is a common thing, um, at least a similar experience with a lot of contract workers in the Western world. Um, And I'm wondering, I don't know enough about Japan culture to know if they would look at this and go, Hey, this needs to stop. And we're going to take some action here, or if they also maybe do the same thing thing in in japan with their with their contract workers um but uh yeah do you guys know anything about that and want to speak into anything with what japan and the main headquarters could be doing
2: i don't know what nintendo japan does but i know they're a very old-fashioned company so they're like rooted in tradition so if that's the tradition over there then it wouldn't surprise me if they did it too
0: i don't Mm -hmm. know though yeah greg any thoughts on that
1: yeah, I pretty much just uh, echo what Barry was just saying. It's I don't know enough about over there, and it certainly could be that they're just so set in their ways, and Nintendo has always been kind of like known for being stuck in the past. I mean, how they treat their online system and everything else like they do seems to be kind of very rooted like backwards instead of forwards. So I don't know. Don't want to make that assumption over there,
0: but I guess you never really know unless there's more actual reports on it. It's true. Yeah. It's a good point. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the good thing is, you know, is this is unfortunate, but the, the good thing is, you know, we, with all these other companies that we, we've talked about in the past several episodes, I feel like, you know, having like really, really bad situations come out. It, you know, we've not had any scandals or anything like that come out of these stories. Um, I hope that's the case. I hope that that stays the case. I hope they're, you know, none of that, that actually did happen. Bad work environment is, is, Important, and they should be addressing that for sure, but I'm really glad that you know no one was like really seriously hurt in all this this stuff um but it is still a hurt and I think it's important to, to I think what you, you both of you guys said you know like some of these people are like this is possibly their their what they think is their path to their, their dream job of working at Nintendo as a full- time employee, and if they're told. Hey, yeah, you work here for such and such amount of time and do this job well and everything. We'll consider you as a full time employee. And then like three percent of those people or less actually, you know, actually get that chance later. Like that's that's tough. And that's some some state laws are different on that, too. I know here in Colorado, you actually cannot you can't even tell people. That there is an option later down the line because it's, it's a verbal contract at that moment. And you're saying, Hey, like, there is a chance. And then they can actually hold that, hold you to that later on. Um, I don't know what it's like in, in Washington. Um, if, if they have anything like that at all, but if they do, man, like, Nintendo needs to watch what they say then, because they, these people could come back and actually maybe talk about lawsuits because like, Hey, you told me that I have a job here. If I work so many hours and now you're not holding them to it like that, that could actually be some lawsuits on their hands and that would not be good at all. Um, so this could be, I mean, this could be blow up into a lot, lot bigger of a thing if they don't watch it. I mean,
1: Nintendo has been known for their lawyers, so I'm pretty sure they would have had advice on that kind of situation. I mean,
0: that's a good point, but yeah,
1: I guess you never really know. I mean, they could be more after
0: IP lawyers and not, um, employee lawyer, like employment lawyers. So who knows? That's true. Well, anything, uh, Final to say before we move on to a couple quick headlines and these stories at all. Got anything? No. Nope? Nah. All, right. all right. Well, let's uh, move on. Kit hit, hit uh, a couple quick headlines uh, that we want to make sure that you guys know about. Um, and uh, kicking us off will be Greg. So, Greg, tell us about sales. Yeah. So um, the NPD uh, group
1: released the March 2022 um, sales reports. So it was pretty much reporting that the Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in, uh, of both March 2022 and the first overall quarter of the year. Um, the Xbox Series X and S led in dollar sales, though, for both time periods, probably because that was the price difference. Um, for software, Elden Ring held the number one spot for top 20 of March 2022, but Kirby and the Forgotten Land came in at number three, um, they also <coughs> had some other um, details for the top ten best sell- sell- sellers for Switch. Kirby and the Forgotten Land was number one for Switch overall, followed by Pokemon Legends Arceus, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Triangle Strategy, Mario Party Superstar, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Super Mario with 3D World, plus Bowser's Fury, Rune Factory 5, and New Super Mario Bros. Used Deluxe.
2: And if you've been a little bummed about E3, like we all are, we kind of want it to happen. Uh, Jeff Keeley has possibly an answer for you. Uh, the Summer Game Fest is happening for the third year in a row. And it will be, he's going to kick it off with his cross-industry showcase. Um, this is going to happen live Thursday, June 9th. It's 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. There's going to be game announcements revealed. And then after that, they're going to do the Day of the Devs presentation.
0: Right. Well, I don't know. It doesn't surprise me that Nintendo is still, you know, selling a lot of games. Um, are you guys going to be tuning into the uh, Summer Game Fest at all? Greg, are you going to be tuning in the whole time? Or
1: I mean, it all depends on timing and stuff. I mean, with a rapid changing schedule and everything like that, I hopefully will at least get recaps if I don't watch it, but... I'll try to make an effort to watch it if I can. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How about you, Barry?
2: I mean, I plan to watch it. Uh, You know, the unfortunate thing with some of these, it's you're going to get a game you're excited about, and then you're going to get a game you're not. And sometimes they'll, you know, if the pacing is bad, uh, you know, I I hate presentations where they'll spend 15 minutes on one game. I, I I don't care if it's your favorite game or your least favorite game. Like, you shouldn't do that it's just terrible pacing and i hope they they've learned and they don't do that i think last year they did something like call was a call of duty or something like, like or rainbow six it we was, it was, it did like 15 20 minutes on rainbow six and it was like if you don't care about rainbow six you're tuned out you're done they, you've yeah. lost your audience no more than five minutes really try and shoot for three minutes bang 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 um you don't want to lose that audience so hopefully they've got pacing down Hopefully they're gonna show off some cool stuff. I know Nintendo's not a partner, so I don't expect to see anything from Nintendo, especially with a direct supposedly coming next month as well. But we might see some cool third party stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. I, I feel like like Summer Game Fest is is it's cool to have something, but I feel like it's it's almost like they they tend to take the same experience that Sony usually did at their E3 presentations on stage and like move that over to online. And yeah, they spend way too much time on some games and it's just like, all right, we get it. Like, I know what this game is about. Like, tell us about another, you know, put that on another place. If you want to learn more about this, Head this direction, and then keep moving, and keep the keep the whole process moving for those people that have no you know, interest in that game at all. So, yeah, Jeff has also
2: done things where they'll like do a trailer, and then they'll come back, and he's like, "Oh, I'm here with the you know producer of the game. Let's run us through this demo." And it's like, yeah. oh, "No, no, yeah. do that after the presentation's done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not as a part of the presentation afterwards. So I usually what what's best for me is I usually watch the highlights later. Like, because that's, that's a better experience for me. And then I can go back and I've, if something grabbed my eye and then I'll go back and watch, you know, more of it. But, um, but yeah, the better experience usually is, is just highlights for me. So that's probably what I'll do this year too. Yeah. I'm probably going along with X. I mean, obviously
1: if it's like, like, uh, Verity was saying with like rainbow six going like 20 minutes, like, I don't think I'd have the time, like patience to sit through that. I feel like I would just be clicking off and doing something else where it's like this game is not in any interest. I don't care that <laughs> I'm not going to buy it or anything like that. So I don't like Nintendo has come much around the idea of like, actually not really doing that as frequent. Like, normally like, when there's like an upcoming game, like, Oh, let's spend like 20 minutes on like all these different features. And I think they've really toned it down like over these like mm-hmm. last, like yeah. few years, like they, Still mention that it's coming, but it's only like, Oh, here's a new trailer and that's kinda of it they don't like deep dive and be like, Oh, look at this speck of grass that's been improved from the last like Right. Right. And that's the, the last time Nintendo way.
2: did that was the E three they announced Smash Ultimate. Where they did like a really short E3 presentation and then the last like 25 minutes was all Smash Ultimate. Which if you loved Smash, it was wonderful. But if you didn't, you were instantly tuned out. And that's why I like when Nintendo does the directs for just one game. Because you know, oh, this is a Smash Direct. I'm going into it if I love Smash. If I don't love Smash, I don't have to watch. Um, I think that's a smarter thing.
0: Well, it's also nice. And like that one specifically, I love how they, they saved it to the last and they let you know. Hey, the rest of the time we're going to spend on this game, um, so you know ahead of time too. You're like, oh, I can tune out, and I don't feel like I'm going to miss anything later. Um, so that approach, or like doing the the treehouse live later, you know, after the fact, yeah. stuff like that is great. Just being able to communicate with with the audience and and keep it moving. But then, if you want to know more later, come back later. We'll we'll do the deep dive then. And uh, yeah, I like that approach a lot better too. Well, let's. Uh, Before we move into the games that are going to be coming out over the next uh, couple weeks before we are back for our next episode, uh, I do want to quickly remind you, if you have not followed us on social media, at Nintendo Fuse is where you can find us, and also join our Discord. Uh, The links for all of those are going to be in the show notes for the podcast, the the YouTube description, and on the screen if you're watching the video version. Uh, Be sure to jump over there and connect with us uh, either on social media or Discord or both. Uh, We actually have a brand new Twitter community uh, over there as well um so if you have the uh the ability to join twitter communities you can uh you can join our our community i don't still because twitter hates me apparently i have to call elon myself and be like hey let me join communities um but uh you guys can you're in the you're in the community but uh twitter doesn't like me still apparently so um but uh yeah, let's let's jump into what we're uh looking forward to playing over the next couple of weeks. Uh again, if you are watching the the YouTube video version, uh you're going to see us scroll the games on the screen over that are coming up over the next couple of weeks. Thanks to uh MetaCritic for uh, putting that list together that we're going to be scrolling. Um but uh as they're coming going by and you guys see what's coming out, uh our next episode is going to be uh recording live on May 23rd. We'd love for you to join us. Um but what are you guys going to be playing over the next couple weeks, Barry?
2: Uh, I don't really have anything particularly planned. Uh, I'd like to get back more into Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, the Yuden Chronicles Rising, I, if I get a code from the Kickstarter, uh, I'll probably give that a shot because that looks really great. Uh, I might give Elden Ring a, a shot finally. It was one of those things where, oh, maybe, or maybe I'll go back to Yakuza 0. Uh, like I'm at this point where I just did uh, you know Horizon and I finished it and... You know, I've been been really busy now with with stuff with premium, so it's like,
0: uh I
2: uh, I'm not sure what uh, what I'm gonna go to next.
0: Nice, nice, Greg. How about you?
1: It's probably more getting stuff off the backlog. I mean, I kind of flipped through these, and a lot none of these really stood out like specifically to purchase. So I'm hoping to finally, finally, finally get back more into Fire Emblem um three houses along with uh fire emblem warriors um i do have some items for premium to like kind of be more acquainted with like the demons tier and like the pigeon dev collection i haven't played those games yet and obviously as a member i need to be able to help support the team and uh, like offer my experiences that i have like with those games so those are definitely a bit more higher priority items for the
0: time being as well gotcha Gotcha. Yeah. I'll be, uh, of course playing some rocket league, um, as of May 9th, I believe. So it this, the day this comes out, uh, they're actually bringing, um, voice chat back to rocket league. It was like really, really broken for a long time and, uh, they're bringing it back. So I think may ninth. So when this, when this episode drops, um, rocket league's supposed to have voice chat again. So I'm kind of hesitant about that. Um, is the, the text chat gets really toxic, and I'm like, I don't know. While while it'd be helpful to talk to my teammates, I also don't know. Kind of like what you're saying, Barry, with that other game too. I'm like, is this going to be a good idea, or is it better for us to just stay silent? I don't know. It's like mixed opinions. Like if everybody's communicating well, it could be a really good thing, or it could turn really bad too.
2: <laughs> See, communication well doesn't matter. It's about how people react. So yeah. you could be like, oh, you know, go get the ball. They're going they're going on this side. Go there. Go there. And the person who's closest decides to go the other way. Right. And then it starts to go, what are you doing? Go <laughs> yeah. there. And they're just like driving in circles and not paying attention. Right. Are you a moron? Yeah. Like that, that's when it starts going. It's all the things you know, that, that, that I want to type,
0: secret. but I usually don't. But sometimes <laughs> do. Now I can just say it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that's really what it happens. When people don't listen or, or don't perform is when that it gets bad. If people yeah. listen and work together as a team, then it it's gonna be good.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's those times where uh, I go from, you know, Steve's usually a nice guy. Until you make stupid decisions on the pitch for Rocket League, then I'm going to not be so nice. Um, But but, uh, yeah, I think uh, that there's nothing really, really big that is standing out that that is coming out of the next couple weeks that i'm particularly excited about so i think i'm going to be jumping back system some, some old stuff as well um hopefully actually play some uh robot name fight like i talked about like how Hoping to play last time, um, I'm actually going to try it to make that happen. And then um, I think I've got some some additional time over the next couple of weeks. I may finally jump into Life is Strange two and uh, and uh, get started on that one as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to make sure that I have some some good time to spend with it because that's, as I've said on previous episodes, as that's a series that I don't like to split up very much. I like to like, you know, like a good TV show, I like to binge as much as I can in one setting. And so um, that's the, that's the main reason why I haven't jumped into it just yet. Cause I want to have a, a good chunk of time to spend time, uh, you know, playing through it. So, but I haven't played, I've been listening a lot to uh, the life is strange, true colors soundtrack recently that I, I, when I was traveling, I was like, you know, I know uh, Barry it's your least. I think you said least favorite of all the Life is Strange series, but I think the the music of that game is what really got me as well. And so I I like signed up for uh, the playlist of like all the music and everything, and downloaded it to my phone. I listened to a ton of that when I was traveling, and that was that was really cool because the music is so good
2: yeah no the music is great like i said my my i love the game drew colors for me it just boils down to the very very end yeah and and the the stakes or lack thereof that that i feel is like a tradition with life is strange yeah like you need that 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 real morally gray decision where there is no right or wrong answer Mm -hmm. and while there is no right or wrong answer in this decision it also kind of doesn't matter which one you pick either there's no stakes
0: that's true yep Yep. And for me, yeah, I think I've said this before too, but like, yeah, because it was my first game, I was like, it didn't bother me at all. I was like, okay, yeah. cool. But if you
2: did the first one yeah. first and then did this, I think you would feel the same way. Yep.
0: That makes sense too. Yep. Well, um, I know Barry, you are on, you were on a recent, uh, podcast episode with another, uh, podcast. Do you want to talk about that one and any others kind uh, of sightings that where people can find you around here? Cause I know you're, yeah, I'm you're to talking think. with a lot right now. <laughs>
2: i'm trying to think who where i will have already come out um so sometime today uh, today as of the recording today on the 6th um i'll be uh royal city games cast an episode will go live where i join those guys uh on the night of the 6th which is tonight but that's going to be live so by the time you're watching this it already have happened i'll be with nintendo pals uh, i'm gonna go with our game our buddies the game uh uh deflators uh on Sunday, I'm not sure when that episode goes live. I'll be on the domain Sunday as well. Again, I'm not sure when that goes live. Next week, I have an episode with Sidekick Gaming going live, as well as the Classic Gaming Brothers. Uh, next week, I also will be on the premium stream on Tuesday night uh, for launch. Uh, so tomorrow night, if you're watching this live, uh, on Wednesday we'll be on Go Game Go live. On uh, Thursday, all the All N Nintendo Podcast, I'll be on. And on Saturday, the Nintendo Cartridge Society. So I'll be all over. World 1 1 podcast, too, will be sometime uh, next week, I think. Uh, I'm, I'll
0: be all over the place. <laughs> so if you want more Barry, <laughs> you're going to find a lot more Barry really soon. <laughs> I was going to say, is there any podcast you're not on, on next <laughs> <Yeah>. week? <laughs> if you're listening oh, I, to I this and you go... have a podcast that uh, Barry's not on, be sure to reach out. And it might be like two of you oh. left, but. <laughs> 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 He's also going to be on the Nintendo <laughs> Fuse podcast. <now>. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> Greg, what are you up to over the next uh, couple weeks until our next uh, recording? Well, I'll probably just be getting more up to speed like with uh, premium edition games
1: as I take on the distributor, like the head of distribution. Um, in terms of game-wise, I'll just be, as I was alluding to, it, I'm hoping to play more of the titles under the umbrella just to be more familiar with them and be able to like, offer recommendations and just to make them easier to sell going forward, just be having played them and offering real experiences and what they play like and everything. So nothing like Barry is a huge executive schedule appearing all over the internet over the next week. <laughs> but yeah, yes. I'll be definitely around in Discord and both the Premium Edition Discord and our Discord as well.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah, like you said, our next episode would be live recording again on May 23rd. So join us live. Uh we go live at 8:30 p.m. Eastern Time, 5:30 p.m. Pacific Time and uh we're live on YouTube and Twitch at those times. So we would love for you to join us live if you've never done so before. Uh it's a great experience so you can jump in the conversation and uh we refer to the chat as much as we can throughout the whole episodes. We'd love to to have you there. Um and then I believe the the episode after that will also be uh, pre-recorded. Um, we'll update you on that in the next episode um we get to that point but uh yeah we're going to be doing it bouncing around a little bit and you know judging around our 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 schedules and stuff like that this summer and everything, but we'll let you guys know, uh, what all that is as soon as we can so that you know when to expect it. But, uh, if you've not subscribed to the Nintendo Fuse podcast, um, either on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app, that's the best way so that when it does go live or when we do publish, it can just goes straight to your inbox, straight to your, your feed and, uh, you can get it whenever that goes live. So thanks for all that you, that do subscribe. Thanks for all of you that you are sharing this, uh, with others and hitting all the, the like and you know bells and all those buttons that are in front of you and and all those different things we uh we're just very grateful for all of you guys and uh yeah I look forward to chatting with you all and seeing you all at our next live episode on may 23rd um but until then happy gaming everybody have a good one see you next time